0: you know the beginning of a new year you know a new year that's full of so many new possibilities you know even though realistically very little has changed since yesterday a new year always just feels like a fresh start and it feels like a new beginning so it's something that's exciting and we look forward to and you know we want to make the most of a new year so we often you know we sit down we make our resolutions we write down the things that we hope for for the year the things that we want to accomplish and as we're excited and we want to see the things that we can do and I think it's a good practice. I think it's fun to write down the resolutions and to just kind of be intentional about setting some goals and hopes for the year and so that's fun and it's something I look forward to each year. I like kind of thinking through, you know, what what's happened this past year? What have been some of the good moments, some of the not so good moments and just kind of reflecting on a year past and just then looking towards the future of how can we be intentional and what goals and things do I want to accomplish this year? I think it's a great way for us to just kind of be intentional about trying to give some direction to our lives and thinking through what what our hopes are and where we're hoping to go and on a different note today's a fun and special day for us and our church and for me as it's my first day as being our pastor and so excited for that and excited for that new chapter in the life of our church and excited to be a part of this church and a part of that and so you know just like with the new year it's a new chapter and so we have new possibilities and opportunities for us and it's fun and it's exciting and so this morning I've kind of been intentional with choosing some passages that kind of reflect that and reflect the new year and some changes and just what I've been just feeling drawn towards and as I think they capture some of the goals and hopes that I have for our church because my hope and goal is that our New Year's resolution as a church would be to look more like these scripture passages, to look more like what God has called us to be and who God has called us to be as we seek to become more like him every, every day and every year. And so for me personally, these verses help give me direction and give me some principles for ministry, and my hope is that as we reflect on these and dive deeper into these verses, That we'll have a clearer picture of who God is calling us to be as a church and how we how we can best follow him and serve him in the world and let me just preface this this morning that today's message isn't one of those that's going to have a lot of concrete applications at the end you know i'm not going to get up here and say oh we need to launch this new ministry and we need to do this x thing or we need to do y or z this isn't that kind of message this morning it's more of just looking at the bigger picture and thinking through scripture and what it looks like to be God's church, and hopefully giving us a foundation and some principles that we can live by and do ministry by, and hoping that these principles will be the foundation for us as we go forward and as we make decisions and seek God's will in the direction for our church and what we're doing, that we'll be looking to scripture to guide us and to help us make those kind of decisions. And so the three principles that I've kind of outlined, and they're in your bulletin, or to be disciple-focused, to be lights on a hill, and to be built on a foundation of love. So this morning, I just kind of want to go through the different scripture that I've picked out that tie on these different verses, and it's great. You know, Jennifer and I, we never talk about the music ahead of time or plan it, but the songs just fit perfectly today of, you know, going and telling it on the mountain, which we'll kind of talk about, but also, you know, share the light as we just sang, and, you know, the passage I picked is, you know, about being a light on a hill and sharing the light, and so it just ties in perfectly, so it's cool to see how God is at work in the details behind the scenes sometimes, and just how he pulls all things together, and so we're going to start with, you know, being discipleship-focused and what it looks like for us to be discipleship-focused as a church, and so I'm going to read to you Matthew 28, 19 and 20, right, we know these verses, it's the Great Commission, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The first goal and principle for our church and as Christians is to be believers who are discipleship-focused. Our goal is to be fulfilling the Great Commission, to be making disciples of all the nations, teaching them the things that Jesus has taught us. And so... That, that's our first principle. That's our first goal as a church and as a community of believers is to be fulfilling that because it's the mission that Jesus has given us. And as we look at this passage, we've got four key verbs in the passage, go, make, baptize, and teach. So just to kind of break down those four verbs this morning and how they all kind of play a part in what the mission of the Great Commission is, you know, the overall calling here is to make disciples. The other three verbs fall under this command. They're how we make disciples and what the pieces are. You know, these verbs are participles of the larger phrase and of the larger verb. Because Jesus has called us to be his church and to be making disciples. That is our mission as Christians. That is our goal. And it's not just for the church. It's for every believer in this room. It's an individual calling that we would go out into the world and be making disciples for Christ. And so... First, we have the word go. And what does the word go imply? It implies that we need to be going and reaching people where they are. We can't just expect people to come to us. We have to go to them to reach them where they are. We have to go with the gospel message to where people are if we're going to reach them with the gospel. We have to go out into the community and out into the nations to reach people for Christ. We are called to be on the go, moving forward to carry the faith to those around us. If we only ever share the gospel and preach the gospel inside these four walls, we're missing the call to go and make disciples because we haven't gone anywhere. We can't just expect people to wander in off the street. That would be great, and we would love to have them come and join us, but that's not reality. We have to go to meet people where they are, and that means... Being out in the world, out a part of the world. It means being out and on mission and doing different things where we can interact with the rest of the world. This is something I've talked a lot about with you know, doing campus ministry and being on a college campus for the past few years. Is it's a very common tendency for the students and the BCM and to just kind of get in their Christian circle and define their group of people that these are my friends, these are this is my family on campus, and then they never reach outside of that group but then they wonder why aren't more people coming to BCM why aren't more people coming to experience the ministry and getting plugged into bible studies it's because you're not reaching out you're not going out and inviting them many may not even know that we're here and so you have to be mission oriented and going out to reach those people to reach your friends and your neighbors we all have people in our lives that we know that others don't know You know, I I can get up here and I can preach the gospel, and there are people I will reach in my circle of influence. But each one of you also has a circle of influence, and they are people that I will never come into contact with or be able to minister to on my own. I will never meet most of your coworkers. I will never meet most of your neighbors, most of your friends outside of this church. And so it's up to you to be sharing the gospel with those people. It's up to you to be reaching out to them. To be loving them and to be inviting them into community where they can experience God and can be reached with the gospel. And the second piece ties into this, the word baptize. And it's, I kind of tied it in with the word go. But we're to be sharing the gospel with people. You know, we're to be sharing our faith with others so that people can come into relationship with God. Right? And then this, the natural next step to this is to follow up with baptism. Baptism. You know, as we've shared the gospel, as people have made professions of faith, we follow that up with baptism to show that outward expression of the inward change that they have had. To follow that up with that, you know, outward profession of faith to show the world who they are and the choices that they've made. You know, it, it ties in with the going because our goal is not to just be in the world for the sake of being in the world. We have a message that we want to share. We know the love of God and we want to share that. And so that comes through sharing our faith, sharing it with our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends. And then often that's where we stop with discipleship. We often stop there with we think it's sharing the gospel and bringing people to follow Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. At that point, we just have a convert. At that point, people have converted to the faith, but they're not necessarily following Christ. And then begins the third step of teaching of teaching them all the things that Jesus has taught. Because discipleship doesn't stop at conversion. We're not told to make, to make converts for Christ. We're told to make disciples. And making disciples is a lifelong process of learning all the things that Jesus has taught and learning and growing to be more like him as we seek to follow him. And it's important to note in the verse, it says, "...to teach them to observe." We're not just called to be able to recite a bunch of facts about Jesus. It's not enough to be able to memorize verses and be able to spout those off on demand. If it doesn't change our lives, then we're not living like disciples. It's not discipleship until we start applying it to our life in and in doing the things that Christ has told us to do, doing the things that Christ has taught us about himself. While knowing a bunch of facts about Christ and knowing a lot of facts about the Bibles is not a bad thing, if we're not living them out, we've missed the point. The gospel should change our lives. The gospel should have an impact on our heart. It should make us want to follow Christ and make us want to be better. That is what we are called to. That is the kind of discipleship that we are called to as we follow Christ. And so this is the first principle for our church this morning. The first principle that I hope that we're living out in our lives and in our ministry is we make decisions about the programs and things that our church offers. The question we ask ourselves is, is this making better disciples for Christ? Is this pushing us forward to make disciples? Are we, is it helping us to go and tell the world of Jesus? Is it helping us to share the gospel with people? Is it helping us to better teach people what it looks like to follow Jesus? Those are the questions we have to ask as we seek to be disciple-makers in this world. Our second principle comes from Matthew five, fourteen and 16. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so here we have Jesus. He's, this is part of his Sermon on the Mount, and he's preaching to the people. And so he's not just talking to his disciples in this moment, but he's talking to the crowd that's gathered to hear him. And he tells them that they are the light of the world. These are just ordinary people that he's speaking to everyday people who have gathered to hear jesus and he tells them that they are the light of the world and so what do we see jesus tell them to do with that light he tells them don't be foolish and put that light under a basket and that would be foolish wouldn't it we know better than to put a light under a basket right then it doesn't illuminate anything it doesn't help us to see and so we know that we don't put it under a basket we set a light on a table or we you know, we have lamps that are up high. They help us see. We put the lights in the ceiling where they can illuminate the whole room. And that's what we do with the light so that it can help us see, so that it can light up the whole room and drive out the darkness. We put the light out in the open so that it will drive the darkness from the room because light and darkness can't exist in the same space, and so we know that light is going to drive out darkness. And so here... We see Jesus comparing our lives to that light. We are meant to be the light in a dark world because the world is dark. We have hunger and poverty and violence, abuse, war and disease and just so many other awful things. This world can be a very dark place. The world can be a place that is absent from God's light and it's up to the church to help share that light. We're called to be the light in a dark world. We're called to be that city on a hill that can't be hidden. We are called to drive back the darkness with the light of Christ, with the light that comes from his love. But we don't always do that, do we? No, we often don't. You know, it's easy to look at Jesus's metaphor here and go, of course we would never put a light under a basket. That's crazy. Who would do such a thing? But when we turn around and then we we do it with our lives, we hide our light. We don't show the world the light of Christ's love. We hide it and keep it to ourselves. The church building for many of us has become our basket that we use to hide the light. We keep the light contained within these four walls and we don't show it with anyone outside of this room. We use our buildings to hide God's light. If the only time the light of our lives is visible is when we're gathered in this place, then we're hiding the light that Christ has put in us. We're hiding our light from the world, and so shame on us. We need to do better. That's the exact opposite of what Jesus has called to do. We're called to share the light. The church should be be a light on a hill visible for all around to see we should be lights in our community sharing the love of god and so we have two implications from this it means that one we need to be out in the community and it means that as a church body we need to be out in the community together we need to be active participants in the things that are happening around us so that we can be the light of christ that drives darkness out as a church what are we doing to speak into the needs of our community what are we doing to drive back the darkness in the world and to make it a better place? What are we doing in Buckingham to show the light of Christ to our community? What are we doing to share the gospel in those in that place and in this place? When people outside of our church look at us, do they see a force for good in the community? Do they see us as someone who cares for those around us? Do they see the light of Christ? Christ in us, or do they even know we're here? Do they even know that Mulberry Grove is here in the community? Are we that light in this community? And you know, and as we sang earlier, let's bring the light, the blessed gospel light. Let's bring light into a dark world that desperately needs it. Let's be the light in our county. Let's have people look at Mulberry Grove and go, that's a church that cares. You know, there are people who do not believe what we believe, and they may never believe what we believe. But hopefully they can look at us and go, oh, that's a church that's making changes. That's a church that's helping the hungry, that's helping this group or that group. They know us by, by our works, and they know us by the things that we do. That should be our goal. That should be our goal as Christians, that people would know you by the light in your life that people would know you as a good person based on the things that you do, and hopefully that will point them in the direction of Christ as they see the way you live and the way that you are a light on a hill. That is our goal this morning. That's a principle we are meant to be living by. We are to be that light on a hill. So then our third principle comes from Matthew 22, which we read earlier, and I'm going to read it again. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40 say, He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So now we have our third principle love God with all our heart and love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus says that these are the two greatest commands for us to be following. These are the two most important things for us to get right and for us to be doing with our lives and as a church. Our lives and our ministry should be built on love. Our ministry and our life should be built on love because God is love. And so love is how we will show the world God. God's love is great and powerful, and it's a way that we can show the world that there is a God and that he loves them by us loving them. And I intentionally left these verses for the end because they're the most important. Of the three principles, this is the most important for us to get right this morning. The call to love God and to love others are the two greatest commands that we have. Our call to make disciples comes from this command— And our call to be a light on a hill comes from this command. Our call to love others drives the way that we interact with the world. We make disciples because we love God, and we want to see others connected with him and brought deeper into a relationship with him. That is why we are called to make disciples. That is why we are called to go and to share the gospel, so that others can know the love of Christ that we know in our lives. It's why we are called to teach the things that Jesus has taught, so that people can grow and be in relationship with him as they grow in the love of God. When people look at our church and look at our lives, they should see love. They should see a kind of love that points them in the direction of God. That is the light that we are sharing with people in our community. That is the light that we have in us. It is the light of Christ's love in us that is the light that we have this morning and so we should be sharing that with others you know we've heard the story of jesus talking to two, talking about two different men and you know the foolish man builds his house and he builds it on a foundation of sand and when the storms come it washes away and there's nothing left but the wise man builds his house on the rock and it lasts when the storms come it's able to withstand the storm and stand against it because it has a strong foundation And we know, you know, Jesus is telling us that he is that rock. He is that strong foundation to build life, to build our lives on. And so 1 John 4, 8 says, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. So we've been told we need to build our foundation on God. And we're also told that God is love. And so we're building our foundation on God's love. We build our ministry we build this church on the love of God. This is how we follow Jesus' two greatest commands, to love God and to love neighbor. We let this desire to follow God drive our actions. You know, we have to build our life on a firm foundation. We have to build our church and our ministry on a firm foundation. And God's great love for us is that firm foundation. It's what we do. It's, we orient our lives around it. We let it shape the way we act and interact with the world. We let it shape the way this church interacts with the world. We let it shape the programs and ministries that we offer, the way that we worship and the things that we do as a body of believers. They should all be shaped by God's love. Because our actions should be driven by our love for God and our love for neighbor. When we reach out and care for the homebound in our church, we do it because we love them and we know that God loves them when we collect items for different mission trips and things like Hope for Appalachia, we do it because we know that God loves those kids and we're called to love those kids. And so the coats and hats and school supplies that we collect to send, those are just physical representations of the love that we have for them and physical representations of the love that God has for them. It's a way for us to express and show that love. When we gather in this place to worship and when we gather for Sunday school or Bible studies, we're gathering because we want to love God more and we want to know more about him. Even when we gather for fun things like fall festivals or we do church at the river, you know, things that feel casual and maybe not as important, we're doing it still because we love God and because we love our neighbor. We love each other and we want to spend time together. Behind it all is love. Love is the driving force behind why we do what we do. And as we seek to go forward, it needs to be what drives us. It needs to be what leads us forward. We need to ask ourselves as we make decisions about the future and what we're doing, you know, does this help me love God better? Does this help me love my neighbor better? Because that is the mission. That is the goal. And so as we seek to make disciples, we do it out of love, and we do it with love as the foundation. As we seek to shine God's light in the world, we do it out of love, because that is the light that we are shining into the world. We are shining the light of Christ's love. And we do it because we know the transformational and sacrificial love of God, and we want others to know and to experience that kind of love for themselves. And so, this morning, I'm excited. I'm excited for this new chapter in the life of our church. I'm excited to be a part of this church and to be serving in this new role. I'm excited to see the ways that God is moving and at work within our congregation. I'm excited to see what this new year holds for us as we seek to follow God and to build his kingdom. My hope and prayer for this year is that we would be discerning God's will for our ministry and for our lives and for our future as we seek to be disciple-focused and lights on a hill and built on a foundation of love. My hope is that we will hold on to these foundational truths as we seek to love God and love our neighbor. If we can cling to the word of God and seek to love God with all our hearts and love our neighbors like ourselves, then I think this is going to be a great year for our church and something to be excited about as we go forward. So let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you for all your many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here to worship and to praise you, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for this new year and these new possibilities, Lord. We thank you that you loved us enough to give us your son who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. We thank you for that sacrificial love that brings transformation in our lives, Lord. And I pray that as we go forward as a church and as a body of believers, that that love would be reflected in us, that it would drive the way we interact as a body of believers and as we interact with the world, Lord. I pray that your love would be our foundation, that we build our lives on and build this church on, Lord. I pray that it would be reflected in the decisions we make, in the choices we make, and just pray that you'd be with us in everything we do. All this I ask and pray in your precious and holy name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is going to be Savior Like a Shepherd Lead